is Thursday, August 13th, and it's a great day to be a sports fan. It's a great day to be a podcast fan because you guys oh, yeah. are ready for another episode of Chatter from the Cheap Seats, the number one podcast in all of Potomac, Maryland. I'm your host, Jack Feldman, alongside my co-host, Sammy Krimstein and Oriachin. Make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at chatter underscore cheap seats pod. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes. Make sure to leave a voicemail at 202-743-1767. That number is also in our bio on our Instagram. Uh, if you click the call button in our bio on our Instagram, you're going to uh, get that number. And then also, uh, please subscribe and like all our videos on our YouTube. Turn that notification bell on. And yeah, Ori, how you doing? Um, another day in quarantine where, you know, I'm cooped up, but, you know, at least I've been able to get outside, play some baseball. Um, I know Sammy has a game today. Well, it actually got canceled because it was, it was oh, weird because yesterday I have a baseball field right near my house at a, my high school, and I walked over there. It was like a perfect day. It was beautiful. Walked over there. I was going to, you know, just do some hitting, you know, get some fly balls, all the fun stuff. And I went over there, and it just starts pouring all of a sudden, and it's like sunny while it's raining. It was really weird, and my dad was actually going to drive and meet me there, so I couldn't really get home, so I just had to wait in the dugout while it was pouring rain, and that was fun, actually, just to be out of the house, I guess, but I didn't get to play baseball because the field got soaked as soon as I got there, but yeah, my game got canceled today. I actually got moved to tomorrow, so no, it's all good, just another day to wait. (laughs) And Jack, how you been? Uh, I had a good day. I had my fantasy draft tonight at 9 o'clock, uh, which is my big league that we play in for money, so I'm excited for that. As you guys can tell, I kind of have a gambling addiction. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> call, him, call him Michael Jordan if you want. Yeah, we've had a lot of controversy <laughs> over our fantasy football league. We are actually making a commissioner switch, and that's Ooh. a big deal. And I wanted full PPR. These idiots in my league want half PPR for some Uh-oh. reason. I have Beef. no idea why. But, you know, you can't, you can't uh, win every battle. So uh, I'm going to draft a team. My problem usually is um, I make too many trades. So I'm going to try to limit the trades. I'm, going, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make any trades. If people want to make trades with me, if they want to propose the trades, I will look at them. But I'm not going to make any trades unless my team is really bad and it's an absolute necessity for me to have a good year. See, that's uh, or so- if I just think someone's an idiot and I can pull the wool over, over their eyes a little bit. But, yeah, I think that – I'm not the best fantasy football player. Uh, I definitely know what I'm doing a little bit. Uh, and, but what, what's the big topic today is uh, George Kittle, highest paid tight end. Now, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to football, but does the San Francisco 49ers GM know what they're doing? Because they just gave George Kittle five years, $75 million. Sammy, do you think that's worth it? Absolutely. George Kittle has basically over the course of – two years turned himself into the best tight end in football. And the only other guy that you can even put in that conversation is Travis Kelsey. But George Kittle is an absolute monster. We see what he can do. He's great at creating space. And when he has the football, he's a scary force. You don't want to be defender and in his way at the same time, because he's going to run you over or he's going to make you look silly. George Kittle is an absolute athlete and 
it's well-deserved. He is one of the best tight ends to come along in this game in quite a long time. I like what the 49ers are doing, and I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree. He deserves to be the highest paid tight end because he is probably the best tight end in the NFL. Um, and even though he didn't play a full 16 games last season, he still had over 1,000 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Um, now, although that is less than he had in 2018, obviously he played two fewer games, but something that's really interesting that I uh, found while I was looking at his stats is that his catch percentage skyrocketed. Um, even in 2018, when he was incredible, his catch percentage was 64.7%. And then in 2019, it was almost 80 at 79.4, which is ridiculous. And it shows how good his hands are um, among his route running and just his physicality. I mean, he will run people over. Um, I remember when he stiff-armed like two people and ran yep. 15 yards with like three yeah. people grabbing onto his legs. It was just play. incredible. Well, um, and the thing about George Kittle is that he's more than a tight end. He's not you know, a guy who's going to line up there, do some blocking, and maybe catch some contested footballs. He is a wide receiver, yep. you know, in the same sense. He has great hands. He's fast. He's as athletic, like I was saying. Uh, and, you know, at first when the 49ers were trying to extend him, that's kind of what he was making his case. He said, I'm not just a tight end. He's much more than that. And I agree. And that's why he's getting this huge deal. And I just wonder – is it going to limit the 49ers' capabilities to purchase other pieces? Because we already know that they're paying so much money for Garoppolo, and I can imagine that payroll is getting pretty high. So do you guys think there are any more pieces they would be needing? And if so, does this Kittle deal make it more difficult for them to open up? I think – I think their offense is – they have a good offense. Uh, it kind of um, it kind of depends on the fact of whether you think Jimmy Garoppolo is legit or not. We've heard many people think that he's the real deal. A lot of people think that he's not the real deal. Yeah. And their chances, it kind of depends on how good Jimmy Garoppolo can be. I think that uh, they, they have a pretty solid defense. Uh, I think that they're a pretty complete team. I don't think they're as good as the Ravens. I don't think they're as good as the Chiefs, but they're a, a solid team, and they're definitely going to be in contention for the Super Bowl next year. Now, some interesting news broke about 20 minutes ago. Uh, the Chiefs said to the 49ers, anything you can do, I can do better. They just signed uh, their tight end, Travis Kelsey, to a four-year extension that will keep him with Kansas City through the 2025 season. And uh, that duo of um, – you got Mahomes – best quarterback in the NFL. Now you got threats on the offensive side, like uh, from the um, pass-catching side as Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. The Chiefs are looking even scarier now that they locked him up. Now, I don't think anyone is going to disagree that this is another good move. I think that both moves, the Kittle and the um, Travis Kelsey move, are both very good for their teams. What do you think, Ori? Well, yeah, I mean, both of those guys are at the top of their game and at the top of the league in their respective positions. What I think sets Kittle apart and above Kelsey is that Kittle is not only a tight end, like Sammy said. He's also that receiving guy. And I don't think you can say Kelsey that. Kelsey is also kind of like that, but I think that Kittle really embodies both positions perfectly because he has the physicality like Travis Kelsey, but he's he's got great hands 
He's faster. I mean, I think he's more of a threat offensively than Kelsey is. And I mean, do do you disagree with me, Jack? Yeah, I think when you say that he um that uh Kittle is better because he embodies the the, the wide receiver or the pass catching tight end, I think Travis Kelsey is just as much of a pass catching tight end as George Kittle. I think he's just as much as a, of a threat. At least I think that they're both kind of equal when it when it comes to pass catching. I think they both are kind of the same. I would say the same archetype when it comes to tight ends. Uh, I think that they're both pass first tight ends. And I think that both of them are very, very valuable to the team. And I think you can make a legitimate case that Kittle is, um, is better, but I don't think you can make that case based off of passing because uh, last season, Travis Kelsey, he had all over 1000 yards. He had 1,229 yards five touchdowns, 12.7 yards per reception, which is ridiculous. And he's, I mean, I don't think you can make that case based on um, passing. Well, I think it's interesting because for Kittle, he is the primary receiver in that offense. Whereas for Kansas City, they have a lot of other weapons. And you could make the argument that Kelsey is the number one guy, but I think more people than not would say that it's Tyree Kill. And I think that actually makes Kelsey even maybe more valuable or just as much valuable because what he does is not only he's an athletic guy who can haul in these crazy catches and get like 12 yards per reception, but he takes attention away from Tyree Kill. And those are two guys who are tough to guard. And I think having both of them makes each of them all the more effective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I I think Kelsey is super important to that offense because, you know, as you said, he takes attention away from Tyreek and allows him to be on this man-to-man coverage and Tyreek will burn any man-to-man. Well, and that's what makes, that's what makes the Chiefs offense so tricky to guard. There's not really any way to do it. There's, it's almost impossible. I mean, from a passing game standpoint, I mean, I, I, there's no way to stop him with Kelsey and Hill and even Sammy Watkins, who is Sammy really, Watkins really good. is a legitimate threat. As the yeah, number absolutely. three option on their team, he's a legitimate threat. And I like uh, – we were talking about all these great tight ends with uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I always like to draft a tight end fairly early in, in fantasy football, just bringing it back a little bit to my fantasy football, I kind of got want to get you guys input a little bit because three heads are better than one. Uh, I also want your input, your our audience's input. You guys can do that by um, DMing us on Instagram, TikTok, chatter underscore cheap seats pod, leaving a um, voicemail 202-743-1767 and subscribing and commenting on our YouTube videos, which is just chatter from the cheap seats. But guys, do you think it is valuable to draft a tight end early just because of the dramatic fall off in the position where you kind of got the first tier of guys like Kelsey Kittle uh I think it's fair to put Mark Andrews up there fantasy wise fantasy not wise not yet not last yet. season what he did when it's just, did not, I'm not saying in the NFL wise but I'm just saying fantasy football wise and then I would say hmm. maybe Gronk and then you kind of get the second tier of Zach Ertz guys like that do you think it's very do you guys like drafting tight ends early well, I think if it's Kittle and Kelsey, yes. I think – because like I was saying, they're more than a tight end. They don't just serve that traditional role. You I would think, draft them in like the third round, fourth round. I think if they're available, they're that good. But 
I think other tight ends, it's just the production isn't good enough. I think you could get better, you know, fantasy production from like a wide receiver or a running back. You could get at the same point. I think tight ends, unless it's those top, top guys, Kettle and uh, Kittle the problem, and though, Kelsey. Is there such a dramatic fall off from, I mean, other than Mark, you got Mark Andrews, Gronk, Travis Kelsey, Gronk and George Kittle. Other, I mean, Gronk, people say Gronk is going to be right. I mean, he only missed one season. He, it's not like he's been out of the league for like three, four years. But I mean, I think, can he stay healthy? I mean, I'll, no, I'm, I know. I'm, that's that. what we're, we're seeing. But I think other than those four guys, I, I wouldn't feel confident. I would feel confident with one of those four guys as my tight end. I wouldn't feel confident with Delaney Walker or uh, David Njoku or a guy like that as my tight end or even like, like Eric Ebron, Hunter Cooper. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really need a top-tier tight end to feel comfortable from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I think you're talking about those four guys. You could maybe even put Zach Ertz there. I mean, I think if, he's a tier talking, below. I, I mean, I think his production, he's had years where he's been like that. I think he's been more inconsistent, but I think he's had moments where you could put him in that top tier. But honestly, I think the only guys you should consider drafting early tight end-wise – Kittle, Kelsey. Besides that, forget about it. Save it till later because you could get similar production from other dudes. And I think a lot of it also dictates the draft you're in. If people are taking tight ends early, then maybe mm-hmm. you want to take a tight end early so you don't get stuck with a guy like Eric Ebron, for example. But if like tight ends are falling, maybe you can wait until like the seventh round and draft a guy like Mark Andrews, who's a very, very good player for his his draft position. But now let's move on to the AFC East preview. We did the NFC East last week or last episode. This week we're doing the AFC East. And do you guys mind if I start it off? Go ahead. So from where they were last year with I guess like Josh Rosen and Fitzpatrick. But I, I think defensively they're also not as bad as people say. The secondary is okay probably the best part of that team being like kind of average, but the Dolphins don't really have too much to offer and no one's expecting much of them. Like I say, with a lot of teams, uh, it's just a rebuilding phase. It's, we all know that they're not going to be good this year, but I think they have a lot of pieces that in a few years, they're going to be a pretty good team again. And I say this with, you know, the last week or last episode, I was talking about the Giants and Redskins. I think the Dolphins are a team with even more pieces and draft picks possibly and just a young talent that can develop. They're just not there yet. I like the direction they could be heading in, though. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree. It's going to be really interesting to see Tua's rookie year, um, if he can stay healthy and if he can produce things that, you know, we don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but he does produce I still think this team is not destined for anything too good I have him at three and 13 so Stemmy had him at four wins right yeah four wins. yeah so yeah right in between you two guys I have him at three wins they have a really tough schedule um they they're in a good division with the Bills and the Patriots um especially now the the Bills are. so that's why I have him here at three wins um but let's go on to our third place team um who wants to go first I'll I can go all right go ahead I think we'll all have the same team here, and I have the New York Jets, and some people, because at the end of the year, the Jets were a team that kind of got hot, and... They finished strong. They finished yeah. strong. They started 0-6, right? They, they did, and 
Then they finish off with a 7-9 record, and I actually think that's really bad for them because they're not a good team. I mean, just look around. They have probably the worst defense in the NFL. You mean really Jamal- good for them? Hmm? You mean really good for them? Going 7-9? Yeah. No, I think it's bad. I, I, I just you think, think it's, it's bad? Wait, you think it's bad for them? But just just said- draft-wise? I- oh, oh draft-wise. I thought you meant like, like expectation-wise. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, and I, I think um, seven and nine, it, them going seven and nine last year was just not good because I think a lot of Jets fans and maybe they think they're a good team now, but you know they have Jamal Adams, he he goes away, goodbye, and um, their their defense is horrible. There's nothing to offer that um, on the defensive side and offensively. The reason I have him above the Dolphins is honestly Le'Veon Bell. I know he had an off year last year, but I don't think he's going to be back to where he was in Pittsburgh, but he'll still be good. I think Le'Veon Bell will still put up good numbers next year, better than last. And Sam Darnold is going to be slightly better than he was last year if he stays healthy, which we know last year he had mono, which was just a whole predicament for the Jets. But I think their offense is actually slightly improved, even with the loss of Robbie Anderson. But their defense is so bad that their, their record's going down. I think when they got hot at the end of last year, it was a bit of a fluke. And I think the Dolphins actually have a brighter future than the Jets do. That's why I say 7-9 and nine was tough. The only thing I will say, the Jamal Adams trade does give him, what, two first-round draft picks for the future? Yes? Yeah, uh, yeah they, he got – well, he got two first rounds, and I think a third. Might be wrong on okay. that. Yeah, I mean, so the Jets, the talent they have now – I don't think it's better than what the Dolphins have for the future, but they do have some draft picks. This year, 5-11 and 11 is what I have for the Dolphins. Or Jets, excuse me. Yeah. Jets. Uh, Jets. <laughs> or do you want to go next, or should I go next? Yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go next. I'm saving the best for um, last, then. Yeah, save the best for last. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I agree with you, Sammy. I mean, I think they're going to be, you know, what they did last year was kind of fluky. I will agree with you there. Uh, when they got off to, you know, when they ended the season really, really high. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to keep that streak going, going into this season. Um, I have them at six and 10. So um, you, cause you got them at five wins. I have them at six. I think Sam Darnold, he's probably going to be a little bit better, but this defense is atrocious. Um, especially now that they lost Jamal Adams, they not only lose their star safety, but they also lose a leader on that team. Uh, of that defense um, and when, when you lose a player like that that's going to have some bad effects and um, I think we're going to see that this year you mentioned a really really interesting point how the Dolphins have a brighter future than the Jets and I'll have to agree with you there I mean if Tua can you know live up to his expectations and you know stay healthy and be a really good quarterback then they definitely do because they have more yeah. young talent um, I think they definitely have a brighter future, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made some off-season, off-season moves um, this upcoming off-season. They definitely next have a lot of they, cap room. Yeah, they have a lot of cap room. That's true. And they might be better than the Jets uh, come the next season, and that wouldn't surprise me because, you know, this Dolphins team is really building from the ground up, and they have a really, really bright future. Uh, Jack, did you have the Jets here? Yeah, so – I think the Jets' defense, the one thing, Sammy, you said they were horrible. Uh, I think yep. this season they're going to be horrible with their two best players, Jamal Adams leaving, and then C.J. Mosley opting out. 
I yep. think in the future, they're definitely going to have a bunch of good draft picks to build on. Sam Darnold is a really young quarterback who I think is going to have a very bright future, maybe brighter than – I think he's definitely more – he has a higher – or he has a lower – higher floor than Tua does, I would say. But um, Okay. Yeah, and I would say that Greg Williams, who is the Jets' defensive coordinator, is the best defensive coordinator in football, hands down. So I think that he could make some stuff happen. But I don't think the Jets are going to do well this year just because of the fact that C.J. Mosley is opting out. Uh, I don't like Adam Gase as their head coach. I have them at four wins going four and 12. I think you guys really recapped it, but I do think the Jets have a brighter future than the – and the Dolphins, I think it's it's completely unfair to say that the Dolphins have a brighter future than the Jets. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think outside of Tua mm. and Devontae Parker, the Dolphins don't have much going on. I mean, their secondary has, I mean, some really nice pieces, mm-hmm. young pieces too, and they've been able to smartly build around it these past few years. And yeah, I just think but- in terms of management, I think the Dolphins – are doing a much better job of rebuilding because yeah. the Jets haven't been a good team in a long time, and then they go sign Le'Veon Bell for a crap ton of money. I mean, but that was but that was the old. It didn't make sense. That was that was um the old management. Joe Douglas is the new GM, and I actually I really trust Joe Douglas. I think he's a very good GM. I think what he did with Jamal Adams to get, even though they might not be high first round picks because it's the Seahawks, to get two first round picks for a guy who had no trade value whatsoever because everybody knew that he wanted out of um, New York uh, for the sole reason that he was lazy and didn't want to take time. He wanted to play for a winner this instant. But I I really trust Joe Douglas. I think next season the Jets are going to have three first-round picks. One is going to be high. The other two are probably going to be lower. But still, three first-round picks. I think the Jets are going to have a very good chance in in the next couple years of becoming a good team. Well, I think it's going to be dependent on them really hitting on those draft picks. And if they do, you're right. They could be a really good team um, in the coming years. But let's go on now um, to our second place spot. And I think this will be where we might disagree. Um, I'll start us off. I have the Patriots here. Um, They signed Cam Newton, um, who I think is going to be good, but he's not going to be as good as he used to be. You know, he's not going to be back to that MVP uh, Cam Newton that we know. The reason that I have this team in second place um, winning nine games is because this defense is absolutely incredible. It's a really, really good defense. Um, You obviously have Bill Belichick. So for those reasons, I give them nine wins. You know, if they had a few more weapons on the offensive side, I probably would give them more. But just because they have a lackluster offense, um, even with Cam Newton, uh, that's why I have him here at second, below the Bills, and nine wins. Hmm, Sam, well, I, I, I smell some disagreement. I think I, yes, with this. I disagree. I disagree, and I have the Bills in second place. And I'll just—I guess we, you know, Jack, Jack. Do you have the Patriots or Bills? I first? have the Patriots in second place. I agree okay. with my boy Ori on this one. I'll, I'll let you go first, and then we can kind of. Okay. Yeah. So then, so you know my saying. Never doubt Bill Belichick. Well, I am breaking the Cardinal rule. I am doubting Bill Belichick. Not for the reason that I think the, the Patriots are not going to be good. I have the Patriots winning 10 games at 10 and 10 and 6. I think the Patriots are going to be very good. But I just looked through their schedule, and I, I think 
I had the Patriots beating the Bills twice, but I still think that the Bills are going to have a better record just based on their schedule. I think That's funny. I have yeah. the Bills beating the Patriots twice, I believe. Well, that's actually kind of hilarious. But that's kind of weird, but yeah. I think their defense is going to be spectacular. I don't think anyone is doubting that. But I think Cam Newton is a big question mark. I think we don't know what he's going to be, you know? And I think I, I can't really trust a quarterback who has, is coming off a pretty big injury, who is coming off a pretty lackluster season. So, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong on this, but it's just how I feel. Well, I am going to have to disagree. And I think it comes down to the fact that the Patriots have the building blocks of a good football team. Like, the offensive line is top 10, maybe even top 5 in football. The secondary, even losing some players to opt-outs, is one of the best in football. Top 10, top 5. I mean, their defense is probably, you know, up there 2 or 3 all around. They have... Maybe not the flashy pieces, you know. They don't have, like, the weapons like some of these other teams have, like the Bills have. And they don't have – I mean, Cam Newton's a question mark, like you said. But I think when it comes down to being a good football team, we're going to see at the Patriots that it comes down to the fundamentals. It comes down to having good coaching, good play calling, which Belichick obviously has done his whole career. It comes down to that. It comes down to having the good old line – super important, and a good defense. And if you have those pieces, all Cam Newton and, his, you know, these pieces that surround him have to do is be adequate. Cam Newton just has to hit those short throws, and he has to, you know, maybe on occasion find uh, some – get some deep throws in. I don't think he's going to have to do anything incredible for this team to be good. I'm with 11 wins, 11-5 and five, I think they're a better team than the Bills, and I don't not like the Bills. Don't get me – I love the Bills still. I'm, my wording is a little tricky today, but my beef Word with them pod. is – Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have too much beef with the Bills. It's just the Patriots, I think, have those fundamental pieces of the football team down better than the Bills do. The Bills have some of the more flashy pieces. Josh Allen probably has one of the best arms in the game. I love him. Don't get me wrong. And then they have – you know, their secondary is obviously incredible. Tredavious White, they add Josh Norman, Micah Hyde, really good stuff from that secondary. And then they have the great receiving core. They add Stefan Diggs, they still have John Brown, and they still have Cole Beasley. They have think, some of those. Do you think it's fair to say they have the best secondary in football? When healthy, the Patriots do, actually. I think not yet. I, I think they're up there, though. They're up I mean, there. they're cornerback. Josh, Josh Norman is a, is a, is a good quarter, cornerback, and I think that he, I mean, he had an off year best. last year. Yeah. yeah, he had an off year last year, but I think Tredavious White, one of the best, I think he's a top three cornerback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, and like I said, it's not like I have beef with the Bills. I am winning 10 games. I really like a lot of the things they're doing. Sean McDermott, who they just extended yesterday. I love. I mean, he's one of the bright young coaches in this game. I really love him. But I think the Patriots can't be slept on, even when losing Brady. This is still a good team. I mean, I don't think Brady has done anything spectacular these past few years. I mean, he's just been solid, consistent, which is – well, I, th- I think Newton can be a little bit of that, and that's all they're going to need because all the other fundamental pieces are there for the Patriots. And Bill Belichick, like Jack always says, and for some reason he's going against this, 
never doubt Bill Belichick. I'm not doubting Bill Belichick. And if he fails me this year, then I'll maybe start putting some, casting some doubt. But this Patriots team is still a good team, even without Brady, even without Gronk, who they did lose two years ago, but he's coming back. But their defense is incredible. Their O-line is great. The weapons aren't necessarily incredible, but you might not need that when you have those fundamental pieces down. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I have the Bills um, winning 10 games. So, you know, they're only one game above the Patriots in my prediction. Um, I think what sets them apart is the pieces on um, the offensive side that I think Mm -hmm. the Patriots are just not going to be able to overcome. But I still have them winning nine games. And, you know, the reason being is they're only going to have to score like 21 points to win. Uh, This defense is so, so good that I'd be confident for them to win every game they score of 20, maybe not every game, but most games that they score 21 points or more. Um, But that kind of does it for our predictions, right? Does anyone want to say any last Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, you know, the Bills and Patriots are two teams that definitely could win this division. I'm not like saying the Bills have no chance or whatever. I think it just, it depends on what you value. Depends if you value, you know, the more, like I said, the fundamental parts of a football team, like the O-line, defense, secondary, you know, some of the more not as flashy pieces, or if you value, you know, your quarterback, your wide receivers. And I think it just depends because Sammy, different teams are different. Sammy, I know, yeah. I know what you just said is correct, but you phrased it a little bit off. You said value your quarter, like, like, or maybe you value your quarterback or the flashier pieces. Do you think you can win without having a good quarterback? Yeah. I don't think there's yes, been you can. two different times in the history of football that a team has won a Super Bowl without an above average quarterback. I'm not saying that the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl. I'm saying they're winning their division. And teams have won their division without a good quarterback in the past. But it is very rare. It is very rare. I mean, I know I say this a lot, but the Bears a few years ago, Mitch Trubisky was nothing special. I, like, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I, all I, I, they're going to need is like – Understatement about being nothing special. But like, Cam Newton doesn't need to be that great. This Patriots team – No, I mean, I know. I think all like, around is better than that Bears team. I mean, and I've been winning 11 games, which isn't anything crazy. That Bears team with a horrible Trubisky quarterback won 12. I mean right. – I mean, I, I don't, the team yeah. can can ride I on the backs of fair. the defense. I guess it's fair. I mean, it we've seen, you know, the Ravens. The, I mean, the Ravens won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, who, yes, was fringe elite um, in some cases back then. I mean, back then he was fringe. He was fringe elite back then. He was fringe elite, um, but they won the Super Bowl. Um, off no, but the I know, but I mean, he was. Defense, and that's he was something that elite. the Patriots can do. That's something that they can do. But I think that. It, a lot of it does depend on Cam Newton, whether he's going to have a good season, whether he's going to have a bad season, whether he's going to be hot, whether he's going to be cold. And that is a perfect segue to our next segment, which is hot and cold. So I'll start us off here with my hot. Now I have DJ LeMayu. DJ LeMayu has been smoking hot. He has a 479 on base percentage this season. He is batting 431 the season with an over a thousand OPS. Now doesn't have the highest batting practice, batting average on the league. That's Chuck Nats, Natsy, Chuck nasty. I apologize. Word pod, uh, who I think, or you have Chuck nasty, right? No, I got Charlie Blackman. That is Chuck nasty. Ori. <laughs> what? 
Where that's going to be added to the blue pill. Oops. Oops. <laughs> sorry. I'm that's going to be added to the blue pill. But oh anyway, so, so yeah, so Ori has Charlie Blackman. So I think, Ori, you want to go ahead with your hot? Yeah, okay. So Charlie Blackman, um, yesterday, um, he was good. I mean, right now he has a 472 batting average, a 506 OBP. Um, and it's not just singles. I mean, he has three home runs. His OPS is over 1,000 at a, a 1.187. Um, so he, he's been an extremely key part of that, um, of that Rockies offense. And, you know, he's really been the driving force on that team. And they've been yeah. extremely hot. Um, and, you know, you can't say that Charlie Blackman has not been a big impact because he's been a massive impact. Um, right now, I'm pretty sure he has the – highest he has the highest batting average in the league i'm pretty sure correct yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 Yeah. i mean he's been absolutely lights out um but sammy who you who you got for hot i got well i i'll agree i mean i bet like just overall the hottest player in baseball is probably charlie blackman but this past week highest batting average belongs to none other than jesse winker a guy i've always really liked from the cincinnati reds a team that has relatively been kind of struggling but Jesse Winker has been playing great. This past week, he went 11 for 17 with two doubles and three home runs. That's one week. And that's a 647 average-wise. He also stole a base, which he's not the fastest guy in the world, not super accustomed to doing. So he's doing it all out there, and he's one of those guys that could be – he's a young guy. He could be – in, should be in the conversation for one of the young stars in our game because I think in a few years, Jesse Winker could surprise a lot of people and really come into his own. Showing it here, he's had an absolutely amazing week. Love the guy. And uh, do we want to go to our cold now, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah. All right, so, I, 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 should I start? Yeah, yeah you know, I, was, I was a little bit anxious, but go ahead. Go ahead, Sammy. All right. All right, I, I won't take uh, too much time. Pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to go with Joey Gallo. And we all love Joey Gallo. He hits tanks all the time. And he only had one hit this week. Ironically, the hit was a home run because he's Joey Gallo. That's basically all he does. But he was one for 17. He had nine strikeouts. And it's cold for sure. But for Gallo, it's kind of routine. He's a very hot and cold guy. He has weeks where he'll hit like three or four home runs. And then he'll, he'll have weeks like this where he strikes out nine times. I mean, it's been rough sledding for him. And he actually, I believe, was one of my picks to lead the league in home runs. It might be a little tricky now. He hasn't been super hot lately. Obviously, he's cold. But maybe he'll be able to heat up in a little bit and uh, get that heat back. But – Ah, hit my mic. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, Joe, Joey Gallo has definitely been cold uh, these past few days. Yeah. Um, so for my cold, we don't have a player. We have a team. I got the Houston Astros um, mm-hmm. as my cold team for many reasons. But I'll start off. Um, they've lost six out of the last eight. So obviously not that good. Um they had a three game set against the giants who are not a very good team. And they lost two of those games. And, you know, reason being is that their star players aren't performing that well. You look at Jose Altuve, who's been on this segment before he's hitting 187. 
Um, George Springer, another one of their cornerstone players, betting 188. So both of those guys on the offensive side are struggling. And then on the pitching side, um, arguably their ace now that Verlander is injured, Lance McCullers, who almost had a no-hitter, um, who, who pitched really, really well. Even with that, he still has an ERA over six, which shows how poor he's been pitching um, before that start and uh, through the early part of this season. Um, this cold start from the Astros is really, really, you know, it, it warms my, my heart is not cold because I'm very happy that they're struggling, obviously, because <laughs> they're defeated. Um, but yeah, so th- those are the reasons that they're not performing. And if they don't turn it around soon, um, the season is short, as we know. Um, they could be facing uh, some real trouble heading into uh, the back half of this season. Uh, Jack, who you got for cold? Uh, so for cold, I have Chris Davis. Now, not your Chris Davis, Ori. The the other Chris Davis. Uh, uh, although I think it is fair to say that your Chris Davis could also be on this segment weekly. So Chris and Davis, K K with K with a K. Correct. All right. Chris mm-hmm. Davis with a K. Every Chris begins with K. No, but um, <laughs> he's batting one fifty. He has one dinger. <laughs> he's batting one fifty. Uh, two twenty seven on base percentage, four seventy seven OPS. He has a thirty six. OPS plus. That is Oof. not what you want to see, ladies and gentlemen. He is yeah. very cold, and it's kind of his average is very low. But it, what, what's unexpected is how he only has one home run because he is known to be a power hitter. And yeah. the A's are doing well. The A's are one of the best teams in baseball right now, and it's kind of surprising and a little bit unexpected. Well, yeah, they've been getting a lot of help from a lot of the other guys. I mean, Olsen's been doing well. Chapman's been doing well. Robbie Grossman has been pretty hot lately. I was actually thinking of putting him on this segment today, but I think Davis will eventually get it back. It's yeah, one home run. I did not know that. That's, that's a tough way to start a year for a guy who is notorious for hitting the long ball. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the A's are a really hot team. Um, but some unexpected teams that are playing especially well um, at this point in the season include the Tigers, my Orioles. Uh, we know the Miami Marlins are playing extremely well. And, you know, we talked about um, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies, who have um, one of the best records in baseball. So out of those four teams, guys, who do you think is most likely to keep this up um, you know, which teams hmm. are sustainable, you know, which success do you believe will go throughout the rest of the season? And who do you think is going to start falling off and coming back down to what we expected at the beginning of the season? I believe that out of those four teams, the Rockies are the ones who can, we can bet on to sustain this. And I think it comes down to the fact that they're absolutely stacked on offense. I mean, Come on, Nolan Arenado, Chuck Nasty, who's been absolutely raking, leading the league in batting average, Trevor Story, David Dahl. We've talked about the Rockies before, but even if this pitching staff, which is not supposed to be good by any means, but has been, even, even if they cool down, this offense is good enough where if you score like five, six runs a game, which they've been doing, you can win ball games, and that's what they've been doing. Even if this pitching staff cools down, they've got enough to a good enough start where I think they'll be fine and they'll be able to get in the easily, I think, get in the eight-game playoff and maybe even find success 
in the playoffs because they've uh, had some success in the playoffs in the past. So Rockies, I like them out of those teams. The team I actually don't think is going to be uh, have the same success is going to be the Tigers. And that's just because you look at the talent, it's not there. I've talked about that when we were doing our season predictions. There's nothing about that team that screams to me, we're a good ball club. And besides that, the teams they beat, nothing impressive. Most of their wins have come off the Royals and uh, the Pirates. I mean, those are two – Not the Royals are a little better maybe than the Pirates, but those are two teams that are not good ball clubs. And the Tigers, if they're going to want to sustain a winning record, are going to have to beat some better teams. They're going to have to go in and beat the Indians, the Cubs, even some teams that aren't doing as well right now, like the Brewers and Cardinals. It's The Tigers, I like what I'm seeing from them so far, but I just don't think it's possible for them to keep it up. Yeah, yeah. and I think that – I think that even if these teams cannot keep it up, even if they all start to go downhill very quickly, I still think that they're going to have better seasons than what people expected them. And still with the Marlins, the Orioles are doing is very impressive. And yeah. uh, I mean, it might not be the smartest thing for them to win all these games. Cause if they don't make it in the postseason, they're going to have a bad draft pick, but it's definitely impressive. Let's move to something that everybody knows for a fact is dumb. And that is Jack Stump Twitter takes. Now I have a fantastic one for you guys today. Uh, it is from Ryan M. Spader from 2019. Very recent. This was when Antonio Brown signed with the Patriots. Oh so, God. Oh, Ian no. Rappaport tweets source. AB has agreed to terms with the Patriots. Now Ryan M. Spader verified and everything I uh, retweeted that and commented, um, oh my gosh, Soto just hit another homer. He is ridiculous. But anyway, he, he um, retweeted that and said, uh, AB will have a better season than Randy Moss in 2007, and Tom Brady will throw 50 touchdown passes again. Uh, I don't have that to tell happen. you, I don't think AB and the Patriots worked out that well. No. I mean, he had a touchdown in that one game. So that I will give him that, that, that one game. True. So, I mean, technically he was on pace to catch 16 touchdowns in a season, which is very impressive. But when you only play one game. Uh, kind of hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Antonio Brown, man. I, we haven't really talked about him on this show, but he is an absolute nutcase. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> it's like one day he's retired, the next day he's signed, and then he's suspended. I mean, he's really all over the place. Yeah, I, I worry about the guy. I mean, it's sad, too, because he is a guy who has had success in his NFL career, but, like, he had so much talent and potential to do so much more, and he just threw it all away by being – basically a big baby with everything. I mean, no way. I don't think there's any way he ever plays again. I, I don't think so. I think, I, I mean, a lot of, although I have heard rumors that he might be going to the Seahawks, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, I don't most, know. I think GMs and owners cross him off. I think you don't want a guy like that in your locker room. Like it's not worth it. Even if he's going to catch like 16 touchdowns or whatever, it's like, I don't want a guy like that. Who's absolutely crazy messing things up in my locker room because team chemistry and things off the field sometimes for a football team can be just as important as things on the field. And 
talent-wise, obviously Antonio Brown's incredible, but it's sad to see that he's probably not going to be playing ever again. Yeah. But um, let's move on now to some NBA bubble awards. Uh, We know that the NBA regular season in the bubble is close to over. I think teams have one or two more games left. So we're going to be giving out some awards here. We got MVPs and best team. So let's start with some MVPs here. Uh, Jack, who you got as your bubble MVP? Hey, yo, yo, you're muted. Yeah, Jack, you're muted. I apologize. uh, (laughs) 2020 problems, per se. Uh, Well, I have Devin Booker. Uh, As Stephen A. Smith would say, he is a bad man. Now, you might think Luka Doncic, but when it comes to MVP, we're not talking about best player. We're talking about the most valuable player. And I don't think there's anyone that's more valuable to their team than the Suns. Because who would have expected the Suns to go into the bubble and be 7-0? and He's hit a buzzer beater. He is the sole reason why the Suns are 7-0. and Without him, I don't know if the Suns win any games, let alone winning seven in a row. So that is my pick for uh, MVP. Sammy, let's swing it over to you. I'm going to have to go a little bit of a similar situation. And a lot of people, uh, or we might say this, I'm not sure, but a lot of people are going to say TJ Warren just because of how unexpected he was, which I'm not going to try and diminish what he did. He came into the bubble and looked like MJ. I mean, it was pretty incredible. But I'm going to have to go with my guy, Damian Lillard. And when you talk about being valuable to a team, Damian Lillard for years has been an absolute stud for the Trailblazers. I mean, let's just look at his past few games. I'm just going to talk about his past four, 61 51, 22, a little bit of a down day, and 45. I mean, that's half the bubble right there. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't have words to say how insane yeah. that is. And what he represents for the Trailblazers, he single-handedly, I think, has put them back into that playoff race. And I think for that reason, the Trailblazers are going to end up in the playoffs. We'll see later today or tomorrow how that all ends up, but he's been super clutch. He's come up uh, late in games, really clutch. And, I mean, just those stats alone, 61, 51, and 45 points, Damian Damian Lillard is my bubble MVP. Yeah, I totally agree. I also have Damian Lillard. I was thinking about TJ Warren, but then I remember Damian Lillard is – he's the star of this trailblazers team and he's put them in the eighth seed that they now have. Um, yes, they're going to have to play, um, you know, kind of like a three game set or like a two game set against the nine seed, whoever that may be, but he's been incredible. I mean, he single-handedly beat the Sixers when he scored, um, his down day is 22 points. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like that's ridiculous. Like unheard of stuff from Damian Lillard. I just want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see playoff Dame, and I want him to oh, yeah. just absolutely destroy teams. Oh, yeah. which I think he will. If you think bubble Dame is good, playoff Dame. Mm-hmm. And they're so Playoff good. Dame, Dalla. I mean, I want to see him in the playoffs so badly. <laughs> oh, my God. I love he, the guy. Because it's kind of like the last dance taught me that MJ would make stuff up to motivate himself, you know? Yeah. And I think that Dame does the same thing. When he missed those free throws, I mean, he came back with two 50-plus games. And you know what was an interesting stat? 
What? There have been two players in NBA history, only two in NBA history, to have three straight regular season games with 60 or more points. One is Damian Lillard. Can you name the other one? Will Chamberlain. Bing. Correct. Uh, I think it's kind of crazy. You would think James Harden or Seth Curry would have got that by now, but isn't well, that crazy? I, I mean, he's in rarefied air. And Dame, Damian Lillard is honestly one of my favorite. I, you know, I was talking about Luca the other day, but Damian Lillard is one of my favorite NBA players just because of the fact that he is loyal. Mm-hmm. There are no other – I mean, it is hard to think of other NBA players that have really wanted to stay loyal to a city and to a team. Damian Lillard is that guy. He has said time and time again that he wants to stay in Portland and bring the Trailblazers a championship. And that's a guy I have to respect because in the NBA, the NBA has turned into a league that so many guys are just teaming up and forming these super teams just to, so they could get themselves a championship. But Damian has been a Trailblazer his whole career, and he wants to bring a championship there. And that shows – something about a person, and something about a player. I love the guy, and he's talented, he's loyal, he's an absolute monster, and I really want to see him in the playoffs because maybe, we never know, maybe we can see him bring a championship to Portland. We'll have to see, but I, I love Damian Lillard. He's, yeah. he's my guy. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. I totally love the guy. Um, hope to see him in the playoffs. Hope he performs well. But let's go into our next award here. We got best team in the bubble. Um, I think we might all have the same team. I think it's kind of obvious, at least for me. I have the Suns. They've oh, yeah. gone 7-0. and um, So that's why I have the Suns. I mean, they've been killing it. Uh, Jack was talking about Devin Booker and how he's been helping lead that team. And I can't agree with you more there, Jack. Um, so do you guys also have the Suns as your best team? Yeah, because, I mean, the bubble is obviously a situation where it's good teams. I mean, these are teams that were in playoff contention. So it's not like they're going out and beating, like, the Knicks every day or whatever. Like, they're going out and they beat some really good teams. And I will say a lot of the help has been from Devin Booker, but you can't win games with one guy. I mean, it's it's been right. a whole team, you know, thing for them. And they have their last game in the bubble – today um which you guys will be seeing this after so you'll know but it's at 30 minutes from when we're recording this so it's i'm excited to see they're playing the mavericks and if they could win that game they would have gone undefeated in the bubble and they are in playoff contention still there are still a lot of chances for a lot of things to happen with that whole eighth 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 seed tough word word pod uh eighth seed thing in the western conference but the suns have been the best team in the bubble, without a doubt. I mean, they hadn't lost a game. And maybe they could uh, extend that to eight and stay undefeated for the entirety of the regular season bubble. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just to kind of go into the whole playoff picture a little more, right now the Trailblazers have the eighth seed. Um, they're still going to have to play a series against the ninth seed, whoever that may be. Right now the Grizzlies and the Suns are now tied for that ninth seed position, both 20 games back uh, from first place. And the Grizzlies, um, they're playing the Bucks, And they've been – the Bucks are obviously the best team in the Eastern Conference, um, a very, very good team. So they, if they lose that game and the Suns can beat the Mavericks, they will sneak in to the ninth seed 
which will be electric. I mean, watching the Trailblazers and the Suns play for that eight seed is going to be super exciting. Well, and it's interesting because it's interesting because the Bucks and the Mavericks are both teams that I'm pretty sure have nothing to play for. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really the no one really has anything to play for except for the Blazers, the Suns, and the Grizzlies. Yep. And it's really – it's interesting. I mean, right down to the wire at the end of the season, I'm excited. And next episode on the topic, we're going to have our – I believe have our playoff bracket all set. So yeah. we'll be able to do our NBA playoff predictions. With I have some pretty hot takes I'm excited to share with you guys for that. But uh, now we're going to be moving on to our next part of the show, which – is Ori's Amazon product of the day. So yes, sir. okay. So I think he has a good one, right? You have a good one? Yes, I do. He I, has a good one. All right. I think this may be the coolest product we've had on this segment. Um it's a product that I will definitely in to buy. Um the rating is four out of five over fifty. Uh, with over 5,000, excuse me, uh, reviews. Wow. Um, so four stars out of five, which is good. And it's called Miracle Berry Fruit Tablet. Um, so let me just explain. I bought this. Product. I have had this product. You've this had is it? Ama- it's amazing. Five stars. It is so <laughs> sick. I knew it. I knew this was good. Okay. So let me just give you guys a breakdown of this product. Um, it will turn your taste buds tablet that you let dissolve on your tongue and it confuses your taste buds to make everything that is sour think it is sweet um spicy tastes sweet um sweet tastes spicy and sour it flips your taste buds um to the point where you could eat whole lemons and think they're super sweet um i have a funny rate review here um that says this is super cool i ate a fourth cup of mustard because of this, um, because apparently oh it makes my God. taste delicious. So I think I mean, this is incredible. It's just a, it's a, it's a completely natural fruit tablet that you just put on your tongue, let it dissolve, and it will flip your taste buds upside down. Sam, you seem excited. I'm, I've never heard anything like this before. I, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I have to say, and I'm very curious to see what it would be like. I, and Jack, Jack has one. I mean, tell us about it. Yeah, Jack, tell us the experience. Uh, well, I can tell you it works. Lemons, you just bite straight into a lemon. And the best food is strawberries. Have you ever, um, have you ever had like a strawberry covered in sugar? Like dumped sugar yeah. on a strawberry? It's yeah. like that, but it's healthy because it's just strawberries. And That's it's so actually cool. meant to, uh, for like people trying to lose weight. But, bro, it is fantastic. I think I still have some in my fridge, but I don't know if they expire. It's we, been like I, I, need this, I need this product. I need it. Ori, it is, wow. incre- it is, when I say incredible, I mean incredible. And that is a good note to end on. So, mm-hmm. Ori, do you have any last words? Um, let me see. Uh, not too much. I just want to say thank you guys for the support on the YouTube channel. Um, we'll be posting every single podcast in also shorter uh, five to ten minute clips of some segments, um, which I hope you guys enjoy. Make sure you know you subscribe, comment, all that. Another way that you can reach us um, through YouTube, comments on the videos. Uh, we'll read them all because we don't have too many. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you guys so much for listening. 
that's all I got. Yeah, fun episode as always. This is our, I think we're at 26 now. 26. So we're, it's, it's been fun grinding these out. And uh, yeah, I, NBA playoffs will be almost starting by the next episode. So we'll n- know by the next episode what happens with the eighth seed and all that. So I'm excited. Baseball's been fun. Cubs, best team in the MLB record-wise, had to put that in there. Go Cubbies. And uh, yeah, fun episode. Yeah, so um, just to end it, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Chatter from the Cheap Seats on YouTube. Uh, leave a voicemail, 202-743-1767. That is 202-743-1767. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Chatter underscore Cheap Seats Pod. We're posting, we're posting some hot takes on our TikTok. Make sure to check us out there. And yeah, that is going to do it for us. So uh, Fun episode, as Sammy would say, and see you guys next time on Chatter from the Cheap Seats. Mm-hmm.